Hey, this is Vanessa. This is Carlos. And you're listening to Retro Ad Review. This is a podcast where we select a couple of random old TV commercials and review them. So if you like commercials, listen in. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Retro Ad Review. Hi, everybody. How's it going? It's going pretty good. Yeah, that sounds like a good thing. (laughs) But that's not what we're here for. We're not here to discuss our lives, our inner workings of our lives. We're here to discuss today's block of commercials. So what are we doing today? We are doing Anheuser-Busch ads. And Anheuser-Busch is mostly known for its beer. And what beer is that? There are strings of beers, Budweiser and Bud Light and other things. Okay, so we're looking at Budweiser commercials. That's probably the easiest way to put it, <laughs> at least for me, because I don't know anything about beer. We have very little to say on beer because we're both teetotalers. So like, I think maybe that just means we have to launch into the commercials. We've consumed a lot of commercials, so we have thoughts and opinions on those. And consumed it as much as others have consumed the beer. We've Yeah, actually, that might be true. We've watched a lot of commercials. <laughs> okay, so how about we jump into the first one? So if you are interested in seeing this one, you can find it listed on YouTube as Spuds McKenzie, Bud Light Commercial, 1987. There he is. Spuds McKenzie, Bud Light's original party animal. Spuds go, go Spuds go. Spuds, you really cooking now. All right. This is a very weird commercial, but highly enjoyable. Okay, yeah, so there's a barbecue going on, and people are discussing things, and then they catch wind of Spuds McKenzie. If you don't know who Spuds McKenzie is, he is a bull terrier dog. And the commercial is literally a bunch of women singing about Spuds McKenzie, the barbecue going on, and Spuds McKenzie, which is a dog, at a barbecue, being treated like some kind of royalty. He's just like, everyone's doting over this dog, but not like he's a dog, more like he's a celebrity. And then at the end, he sat, sits behind a drum set and, quote unquote, <laughs> I'm doing air quotes, he plays the drums. And everybody's dressed in kind of like <laughs> cowboy outfits, because, I don't know, that's what you do at a barbecue. So that's the commercial itself. There's a lot going on in it, but I'm I'm familiar a bit with Spuds McKenzie, but I'm not, I don't know too much about Spuds McKenzie. I remember it more when I was a kid because the advertising was everywhere and, you know, like we went to their, our uncle's houses and stuff and sometimes they had that beer and stuff. He was a little sweetheart dog. Yeah. So... I think you looked into this one more than me because I didn't look into this at all. What's the deal with Spuds McKenzie? Yeah, so Spuds McKenzie was an advertising blitz. It was a blitz for uh, Anheuser-Busch's Bud Light. It premiered in the Super Bowl 21 in 1987. Mm. The dog itself, the dog was a girl. (gasps) Spuds, no! She's a man! The dog was a girl named Honeytree Evil Eye because of its distinctive marking on its eye. 
but why the honey tree? I don't know. That's the real question. Okay, so Spuds was a was a gal. Yeah, Spuds was a girl, and it was initially uh, trained by its owners, Jackie and Stanley Oles, or Oles, I'm not sure how to pronounce that last name. They initially trained it as a show dog. Like doing jumps and stuff? Yeah, like trying to get it to jump through hoops and cross the cones and all that stuff. But Westminster dog. Yeah, stuff like that, but... They were looking for a new ad campaign series, and they went to the dog show, and they saw the nickname of Honey Tree Evil Eye was Evie. So they saw Evie there, and they were like, wow, that distinctive thing. And it's a bull terrier, but it was unusually calm for a bull terrier. They even had to pretty much give it incentive to start moving during the dog show. (laughs) So it was just a big lump? She didn't really win dog shows. They took the dogs to photo shoots, a bunch of other stuff. And prior to the TV commercial, there was already posters and everything. It had the little dog in a Hawaiian shirt pressing the tap and everything and him at parties and everything. It wasn't on TV yet, but it was so popular that the wholesalers were like, you should put this on TV because we're going to get a lot more stuff because just on posters and stuff, we're getting all this uh, revenue. So wait, this dog wasn't going to be a TV campaign. It was not yet posters and things. Not yet. Okay, so there was a plan for it to be a TV dog, but they were just rolling out all the other stuff first. Okay. But then, uh, so yeah, in Super Bowl 21 in 1987, they aired the ad and it really attracted everybody. But like I said before, it was a media ad blitz. They took it on an over-the-top tour. The joke was that, okay, everyone sees it's a dog, but then they treat it like a man. She's a man. They took it really far it's because so weird. Yeah, you can see it in the commercial. The women are like Spud, and it's just this kind of blank staring dog. But, but okay, so that was part of the joke. Yeah, they took it really far because the PR guy who who handled him, Bill Stolberg, they took him on tours to uh, like David Letterman and Good Morning America and stuff like that. Like and if he was an was, actual actor. Yeah, celebrity. Well, the Bill Stolberg, whenever they asked him what kind of dog is Spuds, they said he's not a dog. He's the senior party consultant of Anheuser-Busch oh Bud Light. And he kept that up for like a long time. Please welcome everybody's favorite party animal, Spuds McKenzie. <laughs> now, Sam, she called him Mr. McKenzie. Doesn't he know he's a dog? He's not a dog. He's a party animal. So they, they kind of acted it out. So it wasn't just yeah. like the yeah, ad agency they, and the owners and all that kind of stuff. They're like, no, no, this is this is real. Like, Yeah, they, they've played that it was a man. It's a man, baby. So they, they took it really far because even when the dog had to pee, male dogs lift their legs. But she wasn't going to lift her legs. So they, they covered it with their coats. Oh, my God. So wait, like when the dog needed to pee, someone ran over and just put their coat around the dog. So that way people wouldn't see that it wasn't a boy. That's so weird. You know, it's nice to hear that there was commitment. There was commitment to the bit. Kind of. It kind of annoys me, though. It is a bit annoying, but it's it's kind of I feel like maybe they all really enjoyed the concept so much and they enjoyed the dog so much. They're like, we're going to go we're going to go hard with this. We're going to go whole hog on this whole thing. He Which was so cool. He didn't even have to speak. That's one of the things that he said. Oh, okay. Yeah. The blank staring dog. There was a rumor that Spuds had died. And then <gasps> they said, nope, Spuds isn't dead. And people were happy again. But that raised other questions. Then People Magazine finally revealed that it was a girl. <gasps> like, oh, my gosh. And, and, was, was, and was there much reaction to that? Or people were like, oh, cool. 
I not mean, really. There's no like like you can't see the dog. But they they kept it as a, a male in the public eye because it, it appealed more to males. Like oh, he's a party guy. He gets all the women, and he's dressing in tuxedos and limous. He gets much, limousines. Much like Slurms McKenzie. I don't. Oh, that. Party worm. Wham, wham, wazzle. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but not everyone was happy apparently because the dog was really cute. The dog was noticeable, but the dog also appealed to children because of that. Yes, because I I'm not a child clearly, but well, I mean my voice sounds very unchildlike. Buds broke the law <laughs> in the state of Ohio, and ah. they put a Santa outfit on him. <gasps> To sell the alcohol, and that was illegal in Ohio. Oh at the time. no! Mothers Against Drunk Driving were saying that sports should be taken down because it appeals to kids. It's schools took down uh, posters and sweatshirts of uh, spuds. But his biggest critic was, was cat? Republican Senator Strom Thurmond. Oh my God! He was a teetotaler. He didn't even have coffee or soda. A bad man. He, he went to the Senate floor and started showing posters of Spuds McKenzie in his Hawaiian shirt with the tab, <laughs> with the girls and everything. And he's like, the alcoholic beverage lobby is totally appealing to kids. He's like, I want to put a warning label on stuff like this. But the beer lobby was going against it. And he was a pretty powerful guy because he was there for a long time. Yeah, he was there but, for yeah. years. And this is 80s as well, so he had already been established for a while and had a little bit more to go. <laughs> yeah. Senator from South Carolina, Senator Thurmond. Recent campaigns target youthful drinkers, many of whom are under the legal age. Mr. President, at this time, I would like to introduce to you Spuds McKenzie. This bull terrier is a proper chief spokesman for Bud Light Bell. Spuds, who is called the original party animal, is seen on a variety of television ads in recreational settings, which link drinking beer with a good time on campus. And has the bush to discontinue Spuds McKenzie promotions, claiming that the massive advertising and promotion campaign encourages youth to drink. So then eventually all that backlash and it just kind of fizzling out. By what it, point was this? It was in 1987 that it started. The criticism started soon after, but they finally decided to pull it around 1989. Okay. So Spuds lasted for about two years, the kind of full-blown yeah. campaign. Okay, that's then a good one. Then in 1991, I believe the song came out. Song? song came out, but Baby Got Back from Sir Mixon oh. was a response to Spuds McKenzie and his girls. Because like, hey, those girls are really thin. What happened to all the thick girls? And then he wrote that in response to it. <laughs> Hold on. So he was inspired to write the Baby Got Back song talking about like what today's is like thick girls because all the girls in the Spuds McKenzie commercials were, were thin. And he was like, oh. Yeah. So he was... So that song came as a direct result of Spuds McKenzie. Yeah. That's just so weird. That is a weird cool. connection. Baby got back. I was dating a girl. Um, we were watching the Super Bowl. I remember her watching the Spud McKenzie commercials, you know, the Budweiser commercials with the Spud McKenzie dog. And they had four girls that were shaped like, like stop signs with big ass hair and stuff like that. And we were like, this is really not what black folks are digging. 
And we said, let's do a song about it. Of course, with the backlash, they said, hey, there was some ads that said, oh, know when when to say when. when. And he was drinking responsibly and strumming a little guitar. After they retired him because he was overshadowing the product because he was so (laughs) Because he was so great. He was pretty big, I hear. Because I vaguely remember when I was a little kid. Yeah. He was big. So then they retired it, and Evie the Bull Terrier went on a four-year retirement. She was born on October 7th, 1983, and survived until May 31st, 1993, where she died at nine years old of kidney failure. Oh, Jesus, okay. And it was in the news, and they were like, oh, that's sad. Oh, poor Evie. Nine years old is pretty good, though. Evie, but another dog appeared essentially 30 years later in 2017 Super Bowl 51 ad where it was the ghost of Spuds McKenzie talking to some young man to, hey, lighten up and party with your friends. And oh it was voiced God. by David Carl Lynch? Weathers. <laughs> Carl Weathers? Spuds McKenzie? What are you doing here? My soul can't rest when people don't drink Bud Lights with friends. Listen. Yeah, I'm a man. You're a man. Take my leash. I need to show you something. That's also very weird. This is a very weird story overall that I don't quite fully grasp, but I enjoy. So, you know, I mean, it's got a really cute looking dog, so it's hard not to enjoy this whole thing. If you haven't seen Spuds McKenzie, you should look. I mean, if you don't like bull terriers, I know quite a few. Very least it's cute. Yeah. I know people who don't like bull terriers because they're not they're not known for being nice dogs like i think undeservedly so kind of like the pitbull thing but if you haven't seen spuds mckenzie look up spuds mckenzie it is a sweet looking dog and i like this dog that's very funny that's interesting and i think this thing has been kind of talked about in pop culture for years so like i said slurms mckenzie um was a futurama kind of joke about spuds mckenzie about a big worm who just did all the spuds mckenzie stuff but spoke i guess Spuds McDuck. Do you think Rude Dog was based off of Spuds McKenzie? I was thinking that, but I didn't want to say it out loud. (laughs) This isn't based on any fact, but I believe it is. So, you know, take what you will from that. Why would a dog have human girlfriends? That just doesn't make any sense. (laughs) I feel like, yeah, that's probably one of the arguments Strom Thurmond had against this entire thing. So, yes, this was Spuds McKenzie. So, um, actually... These commercials are all Budweiser related or Bud Light, Budweiser, whatever. They're all incredibly famous. And I suspect a good bit of that is because of the Super Bowl element. All of these ads aired in the Super Bowl or were unveiled yep. during the Super Bowl. So I think they just really, really stuck in public consciousness because of that. So with that, we're going to move over to the next one, which is if you don't know this, then you've been living under a rock. No, not true, but... If you want to find it, it is called 1995 Super Bowl Commercial Bud Wiser. Bud. Bud. Wise Bud. Bud Wise. Bud. Bud Wise. Bud. Wise Bud. Bud Wise. Beautiful commercial. (laughs) Right. So if you are unfamiliar with this commercial, it is of three frogs sitting in a swamp 
making, you know, frog noises. And as they do that, they realize they're kind of synchronizing to say Budweiser. So they work together and end up saying Budweiser, Budweiser. And the camera kind of pans to show that they're staring at what looks like a bar in a bayou of some sort that has a big logo, big sign for Budweiser. So they're actually reading the Budweiser sign. So it's a but, weird, it's a weird little commercial, um, but it's fun. It, it's it's. Uh, could you guess what their names are individually? Budweiser. Yep. <laughs> so this one is famous because it it's it's really really simple. Uh, I think that's what makes it kind of fun. It's a bit in the Spuds McKenzie not sense. That simple. Oh, okay. So why is it not that simple? I'll explain a little bit. Well, okay. From the viewer's perspective, it's very simple commercial because it's just three frogs saying Budweiser. But apparently it's not that simple. Please elaborate. So from the beginning, it was January 29th, 1995, Super Bowl 29. And it was the first commercial that came out. And as soon as it came out, it was already just off and running. And everybody knew about it and liked it. The thing was that the company wanted to contemporize the beer because before they had like the dalmatian and i think the clydesdales oh the clydesdales elegant and beautiful delicious beer coming out of the tap and you're drinking it's awesome but that looked old i guess it is a little um classic yeah it's classic but old-fashioned yeah, so they wanted to contemporize the beer. Then these two guys came up with the idea, Dave Swain and Michael Smith. And then Mike Brooks, who was the Budweiser brand director, then had to go to uh, the head of the industry. It was a cartoonish description of it in that there was a U-shaped table and the head of the company, August Bush III, was sitting at the center of the U. And yeah, Mike Brooks had to explain to him what they had to do. So he had this little card in front of his chest that was the was a storyboard, essentially. And there was also a cassette tape recorder next to him. So then he put the card to his chest to show what he was doing. And then he pressed play. And then it did the whole frog thing. But, but, why, but, why, and then it said, described it that they were stone-faced. Brooks thought it was a good idea and wanted to put it out. And then he was worried that they were stone-faced, didn't like it. So then they asked him, how much is it going to cost? $2.3 million for making the ad and about $1.2 million for airing it at the Super Bowl because they wanted to make it the first one. All right. Jesus. Okay. So then... Again, like a movie script, August the 3rd, the head of the, the whole thing, he started laughing and was like, oh, give it to him, Brooksy, because <laughs> he was an old man. Yeah. So then they got the director, Gore Bravinsky, who has since gone on what? to re- direct The Ring in Pirates of the Caribbean 1, 2, and 3. What? And even more pretty amazing, to make the realistic looking frogs, they got Stan Winston's creations. <gasps> Stan Winston! Wow, okay. Predator and on Jurassic Park, they got him. Yeah, he's 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 famous. Yeah, he's really good. This is why I said it was a little complicated, because they filmed in the former Phantom of the Opera set. So not a bayou. Yeah. So (laughs) they filled the bayou water and they got the rocks, but the controllers were underneath the swamp, and they were remote controlling the heads and moving back. The weird part was the mouths. They put a remote controller on the mouths, but they had to put it on on top of the guy's faces so they could move the mouths and lip sync it. 
Hmm. And then the voice actors did the voices. So the people had like remote control devices on their heads, mouthing Budweiser wow. because to make it look real for the sounds the really studio. complex. And they made it look really cool with the realistic looking rubbery skin. Yeah, and like their blinking looks really good. The yeah, the skin looks really good. The movements look. You can tell it's not real that they're not real frogs but like all the movements and things even kind of that croaking throat thing that they're doing or even their breathing really really works so it feels better than i think i'm a person that just likes things that aren't cgi necessarily i I like cgi i think it's it's great and all that but i like kind of puppetry and i like real stuff It, it there's a charm to it and this has a really distinct interesting look to yeah. it that does make it charming which is great for people they but not for out. kids yeah that's true that's again one of the criticisms they picked it up because it looked like different from everything else that was like oh cool beer yeah and- beer spuds mckenzie basically yeah. the stuff that kind of like took Speaking of spuds, spuds mckenzie the usa today ad track poll at first the budweiser frogs placed ninth but <laughs> then it remained number one for three months and it even outscored Spuds McKenzie's record. Dun, dun, dun. I mean, and yeah, it worked with the 20 to 30 year old uh, demographic they were trying to get because everybody knew it. And again, that caused the problems. It got the, too big for, it got too famous, basically. Yeah, it got too famous. And they were like, hey, like Joe Camel, they're sell- smoking. They're selling this to kids because all the kids know the cute ish Budweiser frogs because their advertising campaign added more. They were like, one had a girlfriend. One of them chased a, a Budweiser truck, just ads upon ads and everything. Yeah, they had like chameleons as well, didn't they? Yeah, um, the chameleons were added later to. Yeah, and there was an the, alligator uh, there. Shooting. And, you know, this thing was also another one that was referenced everywhere. Again, going into the Mac kind of graining world, there was the Budweiser Coors um, Simpsons little piece there. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it made its way all everywhere. If you didn't see it, you probably absorbed it through some means, through some pop culture meme. meme. So Louie and Frankie, the chameleons, Louie hated that the frogs wanted to take their swamp or were being overshadowed by the frogs. And Frankie was like the straight man. He's like, calm down, Louie. So Louie hired a ferret to kill the frogs. <laughs> and then the uh, ferret ended up being the dumb dunce of the three. Oh, uh, okay. Well, it could be worse. How could it possibly be worse, Frank? I think it just got worse. And now... Budweiser's replacement for Louie the Lizard. No. The Ferret! I remember them. I remember them vaguely. Obviously, I remember the frog, the original frog one very well because they promoted that one so much and it's very simple. Of course, in order to build on that, you kind of create a whole world around it. I do remember the chameleons, but I don't remember them that strongly. Yeah. So this was really famous. It got into the Oscar of ads, the Cleos, the Cleo Hall of Fame. And it won the Silver Lion at the Cannes International Festival of Creativity. Mm. And like Spuds McKenzie, in 2017 in Britain, they were the Budweiser brand frogs, but they remixed it for the Bud Light brand. They did another oh. commercial of them. Okay. The Budweiser was something. Bud Light. <laughs> huh? Yeah, we have to find that one at some point. That's really interesting. So yeah, and it's it's still pretty well known. Everyone's like, we should. It's a good thing they took the risk because now everyone knows this thing. 
Yeah. No, no, no. There is something to say about like you're watching commercials and if something, I mean, catchphrases are a big thing, but it feels bad if you try to force a catchphrase, but it wasn't just so much just about that. The visual really did kind of get you. Because, yeah, yeah, I mean, like you do think of like Stan Winston's cool creations. Yeah, they're very good. You do kind of think that it would stand out amongst the kind of standard stuff and it did deviate from the Clydesdale kind of world. So that's pretty cool. I mean, I liked this commercial when it came out. But that is enough about frogs. It's too much frog. Disgusting, disgusting frogs. Yeah, and the gross swamp. We're going to move on to the final one of the day. This one's very famous. I feel like Spuds McKenzie and the frogs didn't get tiring. This one hit with a bang and got really tiring. <laughs> but it's still a very good commercial if you step away from all of that kind of stuff. Okay. So if you want to find it, it is called... Budweiser, original What's Up commercial. Hello? Hey, who? What's up? Nothing, B. Just watching the game, having a bud. What's up with you? Nothing. Watching the game, having a bud. True. True. What's up? Yo, who's that? Yo! Yo, pick up the phone! Hello? What's that? What's up? Yeah. Yo, where's Dookie? Yo, Dookie! Yo. What's that? What's that? <laughs> Hold on. Hello? <laughs> so what's up, B? Watching the game, having a bud. True. True. I actually, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. When we put this together, I put this in kind of the queue and I actually didn't watch it in full. I watched the bits and pieces because I got so tired of this commercial, seeing it so often back then that I just didn't want to watch the whole thing. But watching the whole thing now, it's actually, it's a good commercial. It's fun. It's a nice one. I, I I, I guess it could be fun it's just hard for me to digest yeah it, it is um but i feel like i came at it too cynically right now that watching it was a bit refreshing it was nicer and a bit more fun than i expected so it starts off with this dude lying on the couch with his bud light then he answers the phone from his friend some dude with overalls <laughs> he's like hey what are you doing i'm just sitting here watching the game having a bud light then one of his friends in the back with a jersey comes out and goes, Waza! Like, screams it out. And then says, hey, pick up the phone. And the guy in the overalls calls him and screams, what's up? And they're all just kind of screaming what's up at each other. And then they call their friend who's at another place with his computer. And he says, hey, what's going on? I'm like, what's up? What's up? What's up? Then the guy in the jersey answers the intercom. And it's his friend with more butt coming to the house. And he goes, what's up? What's up? And then after all that craziness, it just goes back to the beginning and dude on the couch is answering the overall guy's questions like, so what you doing? I was like, yeah, just watching the game on the bud. I was like, True. okay. Um, so it was like a huge diversion. Yeah, it was just a bit game. of a mess. So it was a bunch of guys messing around, which was which is what made it kind of fun. So this particular commercial, just like all the others, aired during a big time. So it was actually, it aired, the first spot aired during Monday Night Football in 1999. 
So this Ooh. is a very late 90s commercial. So actually, I don't think it was. What is it called? I don't think it was a Super Bowl one. Monday Night Football. But, you know, football. So that's pretty important. So the fun thing about this commercial that was a bit unexpected kind of learning about it is that these like because this became kind of a little series of commercials they build up on it where you'd get more was up scenarios happening in different places so i think in one place it was like at an actual you know at a basketball game this kind of stuff so they put them in different kind of places but the commercials are based on a short film called true so at the very end of this particular commercial the character Mm -hmm. says true true and then it shows the logo it says budweiser and underneath it says true So I guess it's kind of calling back the title of this short film. So it was directed by a man named Charles Stone III. And in the actual short film, it's pretty much what we're seeing in front of us or, you know, the commercial, the Wazop commercial. And it was him and his friends. So it was just a short film, like, you know, on a budget shoestring type of thing that he did and featured some of his friends. So it was a very popular little short film that actually made its way around film festivals in the country. And through that, the the ad agency kind of that was in charge of the Budweiser account caught wind of this uh, short film. So Vinnie Warren and Chuck Taylor, which is the art director, they caught wind of it and they thought this is a really cool little film and thought that it could probably be utilized in some sort of way for Budweiser. So they brought it up to August A. Bush IV, the vice president of Anheuser-Busch, to which he said, Yeah. And they created the Budweiser commercial as we see it based on. I'm guessing this I'm guessing this was another instance of appealing to a youth demographic because I don't think a 50 year old beer working guy would be like, oh, it's like, this is amazing. August, August A. Bush, the fourth. I just kind of imagine that type of thing with like suspenders. Um, but anyway, the, the, they, they caught, I think they got Charles Stone III to direct it. So they, they kind of, they kept the whole thing as original as, as the short film. It's bigger budget, I guess, right? Yeah. So this was a huge marketing campaign. Like I said, they spent a lot more on doing more instances with the same characters and different settings, shouting was up at each other. It hit the zeitgeist. It was just everywhere it was run to the ground let's just put it pretty simply but a lot of people were caught saying was up so just like with the other ads you saw parodies of this so i think this was in scary movie which was i remember that yo hello shorty what are you doing nothing sitting here watching the game Smoke some butt. It was in Scary Movie. It was in a bunch of TV shows. You just hear people kind of shouting, what's up? And just, I remember growing up and I know people were saying it to each other and just kind of going, what's up? That, that thing. I didn't do it myself. You can hear me say it but and I'm not very good at saying it. I don't um, think any of the people we knew when we were like late middle school, early high school, or whatever, I think they did it more as trolling or something. A little bit, people. but I, I do recall hearing I don't think people saying like, oh, cool. it. I do recall people saying it in a more honest to goodness way rather than a kind of joke way. Maybe when it got to our point, we people started being a bit more sarcastic about it. But I know people that did say it earnestness. I think what made this particular commercial appealing to people as well was because it was a bunch of dudes kind of hanging out and they were chill- <laughs> I feel like my words are very stupid <laughs> but they're kind of chilling there like this one guy's on the phone he's like you know what's up you know what's up B uh, nothing watching the game it's all very relaxed and then they all kind of have their moment so it is very 
I, I don't know how to put it, but it's kind of true to life true. in its way. It's, it feels natural. And I, and I suppose that makes sense considering the fact that it was birthed from a short film about a guy with his, you know, with his childhood friends. <laughs> so there's something kind of honest about it. And I think that's why it resonated with people. It was just because people have their in-groups, people have their friends, people have their little moments like that. The moment They're that that... Jokes, was, yeah, the one guy walks into the room and just goes, like just in the background, the camera isn't even focused on him. And that just gives you the impression of this is kind of a lived-in world where they do have that little joke with each other. And it's like, let's call Dookie or whatever. Hey, and then he starts saying it. So it's... I think that's why it appealed to so many people. I do kind of like how that... That one guy is way more boisterous than the others. Yeah, he absolutely is. Him and the other guy that answers, the, the other guy on the other side of the intercom, they're both like, ah. But I think the other element to this is, you know, they go back to normal pretty swiftly. So there's a, a good kind of comedic element to it. So one thing that was kind of interesting about this thing as well is that, yeah, it was very popular. It kind of got a little too popular. It, it kind of died after a while. It had to die. That's that's the nature of these kind of catchphrase-driven ads so eight years after this aired so this aired in 2000 charles stone the third made another version of the ad with the same cast so he had all the same people and it was called was up 2008 so it was a two minute short film actually and it was critical of how bad george w bush was and it was politically endorsing barack obama change that's what's up change just took the commercial and made his own film on it. You'd think that Anheuser-Busch would say something about it. it. It's very strange to think about it, but it's like, hold on, this guy who did the Was Up commercial, he never gave them the rights to the idea. He oh, made a thank short goodness, film. Man. Yes, exactly. So he hadn't given them the rights, so he could do whatever he wanted with them. He had only leased the rights, and they paid... $37,000 for five years of use of the concept. Oh, so by 2008, it was gone. Yeah. So people, it's like there was just kind of a note here, just like people gave him a hard time about the low price, but he was quite happy with having done that because, you know, he got money off of it, but it also meant that he set a time limit for being able to take back the idea. So yeah. he says, he said, I'm able to use an idea distributed by a huge company who made a lot of money off of it. So that now when I put out what I want to say, it's recognizable and it sparks. That's worth a million dollars to me. So essentially, like uh -huh. he got a lot of attention because. Literal or metaphorical million? <laughs> I think it's a metaphorical million. But the, what made it interesting was that he had come up with an original concept. A big company bought that concept and distributed it. But because he kept and retained the rights he could leverage off the power of a big brand and they had <laughs> nothing to do with it. So Budweiser, Good I think, kind of famously though. said, like, we know nothing about this. <laughs> yeah. So it was the creator who was distributing it online. So, you know, 2008 and during that period, there was a lot more online activity. So it, it spread throughout online. So it was just kind of interesting that in that way. And the ad hasn't died. Like in 2020, um, so the pandemic obviously happened. And uh, what was interesting was that Budweiser decided to bring back the concept. So 20 years later. And they had two versions of it. So in the US, they aired a version 
featuring former NBA stars, Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, um, Candace Parker. Mm-hmm. And they were all kind of a doing a, a Zoom kind of chat with each other. And the purpose of the ad wasn't, you know, drink beer. Um, the purpose of the ad was kind of like checking in on each other to say to see was <laughs> up. So they all said was up to uh-huh. each other. That's and it kind news. and I think the commercial kind of ended with um, but really was up like how are things going for you so it was just encouraging people to connect with each other in these difficult times we have no complaints it's crazy times but we're good true true there we go that's what's up but in the uk they used the original video so the video the the 2000s version and sure. they switched up the audio so in the opening shot one of the characters answers the phone and instead of saying watching the game having a bud they say in, in quarantine, quarantine having a bud having a so bud. they just kind of like did a little Shh. remix on it which was just cute I like the zoom call better yeah i mean i don't know i think i kind of like the original i would have enjoyed seeing it on television being like what the hell just happened why does that guy have a landline why does he have a cord <laughs> with the other one it feels a little Personally, it feels, a bit, it feels a bit hammy, but I think the reason they got NBA stars as well is because, you know, sport kind of ended for a while there. Yeah. Um, but it just kind of goes to show the a the testament longevity. to, yeah, it's the longevity of this. It's, it, it was a powerful concept that really embedded itself into kind of the public consciousness. And even now, there's something about having talking with your friends. Yeah. And I mean, a bunch of kids probably don't know it now, but I wouldn't say they necessarily are like, oh, yes, I'm familiar with it because of the 2020 coronavirus version. But it's still something that I think resonates with people and it's still fun. And now that I've watched it after having not watched it in about 20 years, I will look at it a little bit more fondly. Um, I remember they were going to get like a TV show or something. Oh, my God. Um, I In the early 2000s, rumblings. I remember hearing something about that. I was like, no, don't. Yeah, I remember rumblings of that. I mean, they gave the Geico Cavemen a TV show. Like, there's nothing. They can try to make TV shows out of everything. But yeah. instead, they make TV shows out of the same thing over and over again. Anyway, those are all three of our ads. Should we move on to ranking them? Alrighty. Okay. Which one, Spuds McKenzie, <laughs> Budweiser Frogs, or Was Up, was your least favorite? Uh, I'm going to say the Wasa. Because. What? Wasa? But yeah, as as nice as the sentiment is, like lounging back with your friends, that it's too overpowering for me with the whole, especially the Jersey do. <laughs> oh my gosh! It's like just chill out, and then all of it to just essentially do nothing and be like, okay, I'm sitting on the couch watching the game again. Yeah, watching the game. I agree with. I can't you. be too comfortable wearing overalls. I don't know. I've worn overalls. They're fine. Well, I've never worn overalls. He's like indoors and stuff. He's like, wear something more comfortable. Yeah. I mean, everybody else seems to be wearing more relaxed clothing, but this guy is in overalls, which is a bit. Yeah, it is kind of weird. Maybe he just came back from being outside. Who knows? And there's, oh, I'm going to crack it over here and watch my thing. I agree with you. This one will also be my third favorite because I still enjoy it. I think, yeah. how you worded that. Third favorite. (laughs) 
I I enjoyed watching it and I appreciate it. There is a nostalgia element to it, but the oversaturation of being exposed to this commercial really kind of dims its light. However, I do yeah. I do actually like watching it now and seeing kind of the fun interplay between people. It, you can see how it would resonate with people. So I like that about it, but it is obnoxious. So that's why I'd have to put it at the bottom of the totem pole today. The background story was pretty cool. Though. I like yeah, the he, background story is neat. I like, I like how, how he uh, took it back. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was kind of like this weird little circle of how it became. It wasn't famous, became famous. And then he was able to use that fame to do something else. So... Yeah, I think it's kind of cool. So which one is in the middle for you? Let me see. So we're between guess, Spud I'll, I'll and say, Budweiser. I'll say Spud. Again. What? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I don't Okay, spuds, I'll say spuds because again, it is too loud for me, but that was like the excess of the 80s. It's time for lifestyles of the original party animal. It's like, oh yeah, party animal, the original party animal that spuds he she was. But, uh, She's a yeah. what? She's a man! Uh, it's, it was funny because, you know, it had just this oblivious dog doing whatever the heck it was told to do. And then everything around it was going crazy and they're just having fun. I, I like it. It's fun, but it, it is too loud for me. Just too much going on, you mean? Yeah, that's uh, that's my only real problem with it, because I really like the dog. It's really cute. Yeah. Well, for me, I actually am going to go with the frogs. The reason why that one's second for me is, I guess I'll go into the, you know, extolling the virtues of Spud McKenzie, but I really like the frogs. <laughs> I really think it's good, I guess. I don't know. I think it's better than was up and it's not as painful in terms of hearing the Budweiser that that did also get run into the ground, but it's much harder to naturally incorporate into everyday language Budweiser compared to was up. So it didn't get nearly as exhausted. Just three syllables. Yeah. But I like it. I think the Stan Winston element, the kind of just simplicity of it. I enjoy those pieces that make this commercial and kind of going back to it. I mean, I saw this when I was a kid. I liked the commercials because I liked the frogs. I thought they were fun looking. I thought they were kind of like toys. So, I mean, I wasn't a baby, but like they would appeal to a child. So I liked it for that. So that's why I like it. That makes for me, Spud's number one for me. Now I understand your argument (gasps) being (laughs) for it being a little much but i think that's what makes it endearing to me apart from spuds because spuds is great i also like that it's this like really low-key girl dog who's just kind of tired and doesn't know what's happening (laughs) poor thing probably has no idea she just wants to pee and she gets getting covered with a coat I i just like it because it's so it's it's genuinely absurd like what is happening in this commercial these women are like fawning over this dog and i know that's the joke but it's just so weird to watch it happen they're like it's buds it's really weird and the dog comes in in like a big long horn cool car and all the women are freaking out and then it's you know it's playing the drums it isn't but it feels like almost like it could go into this adult swim world <laughs> like it's just absurd the whole thing is it's weird yeah it's just it's just very strange and it's just so stupid and i just really like watching it for that yeah like, i think it's really funny cool. They even reserved hotel rooms with that name and just did everything. The story, I think the story really helps it too. Like the story behind it makes it more fun because it's just a chill dog and everyone going mad over it in real life. Doesn't anyone 
feel like I'm taking crazy pills! Not just people like fans or whatever, but like the actual creators and directors going oh. over the top with this dog, which and just I makes think, it even funnier. I think when she died, they there was the death rumor, and then I think when she died, it said Spud McKenzie's dead for real this time. Oh no, oh Spud! Yeah, and so the name is stupid too, Spud McKenzie. That's just weird, and I don't get that. And I think that's why I just really like Spuds McKenzie. So for me, it would be, number one would be the frogs. Like I said, the other two are way too loud. This one just exactly what you need. It's more of a brand recognition thing again than Budweiser tastes good, which more Spuds McKenzie's territory. But you'd have these realistic, cool-looking frogs. I like how they look cool and real. Melvin Budweiser trying to get it right, and then they finally get it right. Uh, it doesn't tell you much about the beer or how much fun you can have with it. But I do like how it is going to drive into your head how this is Budweiser and then the final flashing lights. So this one for me is the simplicity of it because the other ones are just too loud. (laughs) Yeah, they're all a bit, again, over the top. The frogs are definitely a bit more relaxed. Subdued. Yeah, but it still kind of communicates something. So if I'm understanding you correctly, if one of them convinced you to buy the beer, which one would have done that? The frogs? Nope. As Ooh. far as which, what would I buy depending on the commercial? That would be spuds because, like, I want to have fun and drum <laughs> and play by the pool with my little tux or whatever he's wearing. So, in little tux. What is he wearing? He's not wearing his Hawaiian shirt in this ad, that's for sure. His cattle horn. It's, yeah, it's, I car. guess he's in like Texas or some crap. I don't know what's going on in this commercial. If you're listening, you have to watch it. It's, it's so weird. I actually think the frogs would be the ones that would sell me. And for one reason alone, it's because if I'm sitting at a bar and I'm like, what beer do I want? Like, I think the words Budweiser would just kind of come at me and I would just be like, yeah, Budweiser. I'll go for Budweiser. I think that's what it would do. It would be the unconscious repetition that would actually end up (laughs) hitting me. Um, It was like one of those scenes in the movies. It was like, I don't know what to do. And then TV just guesses for him. Exactly. That would be. But the guy who made it, he said, yeah, he goes worldwide. And people still recognize the frog thing. It's it, but it's great. Like it's a great commercial. So I mean, yeah. kudos to him for doing something he should be proud of. I guess. I think all of these commercials are appealing. Like they do kind of. Yeah. Do uh, remember them for a reason. About the appeal, I have a bonus round question. Should Uh-oh. we add like lightning sound effects? Um, but um, <laughs> they all came back. What, which one of these would you say had the longest longevity or a chance to come back even without the nostalgia craze? I think the frogs. I think the frogs could come back without nostalgia necessarily driving it. Because the was up stuff is, you know, it's based on a, I mean, it created the catchphrase. But people aren't going to be like, what's up nowadays? That's just yeah. lame, I guess. Spuds McKenzie could possibly... It would be between the frogs and Spuds McKenzie. I guess I just didn't think of Spuds because... I, I think Spuds of its era and being a mobile dog, it can't do as much as the easiness of, hey, frog, you say Budweiser. Okay, yeah, I think there's more of a long... For some reason, that just will kind of hits me with that i feel like you could watch the budweiser frog commercial in terms of film quality like it does look older if someone restored it or whatever kind of upgraded it you could see it play nowadays if you took any of these other ads and tried to place it in a lineup today people would be like this 
no. <laughs> but the frogs, the you might be like, oh, is this a new commercial if you've never seen it before? Like, maybe. So, uh, yeah, I yeah. think the frogs would be able to. Okay, well, they well they all had some form of kind of longevity, but you're saying without the nostalgia factor, and I think the frogs could the frogs could do it. Put my money on the frogs. Okay, well, with that, we've gone through the fabulous world of Budweiser and Bud Light, Anheuser-Busch. These are fun, and I think Budweiser tends to be good at producing really strong ads like even when you were talking or at least about putting them in giant football games <laughs> i guess that's also true they have the money to do it um but even the clydesdales when you're talking about them being old-fashioned i still have like a nice feeling when i look at those clydesdales even though it's related to beer like i don't care about beer but i love those clydesdales and remember they had that donkey <laughs> sequence as well like that was really yeah. nice too since i was born i dreamed of being a budweiser clydesdale only problem is I was born a donkey. So they have a pretty strong stable of good, solid ads. And much like Coca-Cola, which we've covered in one of our previous episodes, if you haven't heard, much like Coca-Cola, they don't need to be saying, Budweiser, oh, do this for you. It'll raise your Q factor. Whatever, it'll do this. <laughs> it's, it's more of a, an association thing. So the guy's laying on the couch, Spuds McKenzie having a blast. Spuds McKenzie really know what the frogs are doing but it's just more of a brand this is our name thing so kind of making it into a mini catchphrase well yeah kudos to budweiser for all of this so raise a bud oh uh take your friends to the swamp and your cool dog so you can have a budweiser go have a budweiser in the swamp that's our directive to you so if you like this and want to learn more about commercials visit your public library i was gonna say that (laughs) If you want to hear more about the stories of, of, you know, famous commercials and what we think of them as well, listen to the rest of the important part. (laughs) Listen to the rest (laughs) of the commercials. And you can even weigh in on what you think by visiting us on Retro Ad Review. If you want to listen to us on a podcast, you can listen to us on Anchor, on Spotify, on Apple, on, you know, anywhere you find podcasts, you'll probably find us there. Facebook, go to Retroad Review, leave a comment, send us a message. We post ads on there all the time, old classic ones, and it's good fun. Instagram as well, DM us, follow us, engage with us, suggest commercials. And you could even go on Retroad Review on Anchor FM and you can leave a sound clip and we can answer your questions there as well. So that's the end of today. We will be back in the upcoming future with a new series of ads that will be so much fun. And you'll get to learn all about the commercial that you had on in the background while you were microwaving. So (laughs) if you want to hear that, then stay tuned. But for now, bye. Bye bye. Here to remind you to be good friends and enjoy Bud Light responsibly.